Hey everyone, Chris Haddon here with another expert interview. Today I'm here with a friend, Jim Cragen. Jim, thanks for being here. Welcome. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to talk about some cool stuff today. A couple of reasons why I really wanted, and for a couple of months now, we've been talking about having Jim on for an interview. One is because he's in a completely different industry than what we're used to and what we know about and are used to talking about. So it's going to be really, really cool to get perspective on business ownership, entrepreneurship, all that, where he's coming from. Uh, in addition, we have a lot of friends in common. So we've been talking about it you know, for a little while now. Um, but yeah, we're gonna dive right in. You wanna give people just a little background on yourself, personal life, where you came from? Sure, um, I grew up in New York State, uh, went to college out in the Midwest, uh, now live back in the same 10,000 person small town I grew up in, uh, an hour north of New York City. Uh, second generation uh, family business owner, uh, been doing that for about three years now, and um, have a lovely wife and two uh, children, three and one. Um, so yeah. Awesome. And where did you go to school? How'd you end up hooking up with Glenn and everyone else? Uh, I went to Notre Dame and one of my college roommates went to high school with Glenn. With all and, of us. Yeah. And then uh, I uh, ended up going to uh, University of Maryland for graduate school and lived in DC. Um, lived with uh, our mutual friend from Notre Dame mm -hmm. and then met Glenn through him and then Glenn, he and I lived together. And uh, yeah, that's how we met. Awesome. And what was it you studied in school? Chemistry. Really? Yep. How were you attracted to that, just out of curiosity? Um, I don't know. It was just kind of my favorite subject in high school. So I went into school saying I'm going to major in chemistry, and I just that's stuck a, with it. That's a very good reason. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get out of chemistry class yeah. in high school, and college for that matter. Um, okay. So that kind of background and training, how did that, like, where did that take you uh, when you were first starting out in the business world? In yeah, the so I started out, um, I found a job working in the flavor and fragrance industry, which is one of the biggest multi-billion dollar industry that nobody knows about. Hmm. Um, yeah. So there are companies that supply ingredients um, to folks that make uh, food. So they make like flavors for, you know, anything and everything, prepackaged meals, crackers, you know, there's flavors on top of that. Um, and then there's also, you know, fragrances, perfumes and stuff. Um, you know, people make those perfumes. Um, mm -hmm. So I worked for a company that started out, uh, we specialized in just peppermint and spearmint oil. Uh, we would buy that from farmers and we would process it and our customers made chewing gum and toothpaste. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and what was your role in a company like that? Um, had a bunch of different roles. Actually started out um, for like a six month trial period working in production. Uh, you know, wearing boots every day and in the back and running, you know, big distillation equipment. Um, so got a feel for how to run those operations. Uh, and then was a chemist in the lab and then worked my way up, uh, you know, uh, in my one company uh, and then with a different company into a management role, managing people in the lab. Um, and also had a technical sales role mm -hmm. where, uh, you know, there would be a salesperson who had the relationship uh, with the big company that made uh, toothpaste or chewing gum. But some of these deals were, you know, large deals, very important ingredient. Um, so I would work hand in hand uh, with the technical staff um, of the company we were selling to. Sometimes even going it on site, you know, working hand in hand in their lab and stuff. So, okay. So you did the science, you did some ops, management, sales, all that experience. Correct. Yep. I like it. And how long were you in uh, working for companies like that before you went to the family business? A decade, give or take. Oh yeah, that long. Yeah. Awesome. Did you know that you were going to make that move to, to the, the family? family business? It was always in the back of my mind, and we always discussed it, and um, it was just never um, 
pushed on me, and I never pushed it, but it was always open as an option, okay. and the timing was never necessarily right where it was like, I need you to come in and do the family business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it got to the point where uh, my dad said, okay, literally back of a napkin, we were sitting down uh, at dinner, I was traveling. Uh, I was living in the Midwest, my parents still lived in New York, I was traveling to New Jersey for business, and it was my birthday, and uh, my parents came down and we went out to dinner, and literally on the back of a cocktail napkin, we sketched out, okay, you know, here's, you know, the money, here's how we can support everybody, Um, here's how much, you know, roughly it's going to take, you know, I can sell the business or I can sell it to you, Mm -hmm. Um, and it just, it made sense for everybody to go ahead and and have me come over and... uh, Interesting. And buy the business from my dad, yeah. Okay. So there actually was a transaction where you purchased a business and, yep. you know, changed around the um, organizational, you know, you know who does what, basically. But your dad's still involved, right? My oh. dad is still involved, yeah. Let's back up for a sec. Could you give a little um, description of what the family business does and how it's grown over the years? Sure. Um, so the business is... Uh, we uh, own the uh, brands of uh, three over-the-counter pharmaceutical products. Um, my dad started out as a salesman, and he worked for companies that uh, he sold uh, aftershave and cosmetics and over-the-counter medicines. And um, in the late 80s, early 90s, he, he drove around the tri-state New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area selling to independent Monpot pharmacies. Got he it. started to see the consolidation in an industry, the growth of the CVS, Walgreens of the world, um, and said, you know, there's not going to be a career for me being a sales rep making 10% commission on somebody else's product. Uh, I need to go out and get a product for myself. Hmm. Um, uh, was the top seller for a small family owned company uh, that had the sleep aid product that we have um, called Dorman. Um, and they wanted to sell the company, and he said, well, you can't sell it, you have to sell it to me. And I said, great, we hope that you would say that. Um, so he switched from being a sales rep to being a manufacturer in 91. Uh, and then in 1996, he acquired uh, the Stinkill product that we have, uh, bought it from Kiwi Shoe Polish, of all people. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure how they ended up with the brand. It, yeah, really. It's been around since the 60s. And, uh, yeah, why don't you grab a couple of those things? Sure. Show the show the audience exactly what you guys are selling these days yeah so this is our sting kill product it's a first aid product uh, for bee stings insect bites um, don't have the sleep aid with me forgot to bring that that's fine yeah look at this is uh, our new product for this year uh, uh, we launched it at 20, 2016 I still haven't fully flipped over fire to 2017 ant. yet yeah it's hard to say 2017 still yeah um, instant so pain we, relief so from fire and stings yeah and from bee stings okay yeah. so um this is part of the, you know, one of the things I was uh, interested in when talking about the interview. Walk us through the process. Where does this stuff come from? How is it sold? Who buys it? And how are you, you know, kind of holding the marionette thing on that whole operation? Sure. Um, so we do not, we have third party people that manufacture it for us uh, because, uh, you know, with the FDA and the regulatory environment, unless your job is to manufacture drugs, you know, that's your job. Um, it's just not worth dealing with all the regulatory requirements that you have to deal with. So I manage, uh, you know, the suppliers who make this. Uh, we own a warehouse, so we take in the final product. We do some, you know, minor final assembly uh, okay. of the product as it goes out to the shelf. Um, so my uh, one half of my job is managing that inventory and the production and the timing of all that uh, and the costs of all that, of course. Sure. And then the other half of the job, um, most of my selling 
we obviously do marketing to consumers because uh, we want to get pull through on store shelves. We want people to go in and buy it. Uh, but so you're marketing direct to consumers in, in, in addition to selling to like retailers? We market direct to consumers, uh, but my sales job is selling to businesses, Got it. selling to grocery stores, drug stores, hmm. um, you know, people that are going to put it on the shelf. Sure. Everybody, of course, always talks about Amazon and e-commerce, and we have people that sell on Amazon, but that's only, I think, somewhere between 8 and 11% of sales okay. uh, is online. So still 90% of sales is traditional brick and mortar. So my main focus is to get this on the shelf in a drugstore or a grocery store. Got it. And could you talk about the numbers a little bit? Like how many of these, for example, are being manufactured, warehoused, sold, like, you know, just some of the basic units and that sort of thing. You don't have to get into dollars or anything, but just to um, understand some of the scope of the operation. Some of the basic in terms of the pieces. Yeah, I mean, we're moving um, of this product. Um, I think in terms of dollars. I don't think in terms of units. So I like your style. I'd almost have Me to. Too. <laughs> I'd almost have to back it out. Um, we can come back to that. It's yeah, I mean, we're probably moving uh, back at the interval. Maybe we sell hundred thousand pieces every year of this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the sleep aid, we sell uh, more than that. I mean, the sleep aid, we probably sell um, probably close to half a million pieces. Cool. Year. Yeah. Cool, cool. All right, so we get a bit of the idea of what you have going on, background, everything else. Now we'll get into some. Now we'll get into the difficult questions. It'll be harder to answer on the spot. Um, what would you say is your main day-to-day -day challenge? Uh, I think the main day-to-day -day challenge is just um, it's focusing yourself to make sure that you're 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 working on the business, not in the business, mm. that you're focusing on those strategic initiatives and not getting bogged down into the day-to-day -day doing paperwork. And um, so just making sure that you're making those big decisions of, you know, what accounts am I going to target to sell and focus my effort and energy on? And, you know, what am I going to do to lower costs or keep costs the same? Mm -hmm. You know, making sure that you're making all those big decisions properly and that you don't get lost in the weeds of, just tactical running day to day that you miss some of the big picture items. Yeah, Jason and I talk about that stuff so much. I mean, in, in the book that we wrote and like some of the content that we do and we actually will, we do know that doing the transactional part of the business is kind of a necessary evil and we view it as that, not as that's the whole thing because it's a, it's a big trap. You can get caught, you know, in doing nothing but that 40 hours a week, 60 right. hours a week and then it's 10 years later and like all you've been doing is like the transactional hustling. And so we make like a clear line in the sand between, okay, these are transactional necessary evil types of things that we have to do, and these are the real growth or improvement, like making bigger or making better. Like it's marketing stuff, like mm -hmm. investing type for us. Mm -hmm. um, employee things, software processes, improving something, either making bigger or better. And we draw a line in the sand and differentiate between the two. Yeah. And so many people have not. Yeah. So many people have not gotten to that mindset. Yeah. and the, and. Going back to the operations, you said, you know, you do have to do it. It is vital. And I really, in my first year, didn't really even focus on growing the business at all. Um, I just kind of let, we, we were lucky in a position where we have good organic growth. Yeah. Um, and uh, I really just said, I, you know, you've got to get this right. Um, so I really learned that side of the business first before I went out and focused on sales. Uh, because yeah. just getting uh, your bearings kind you of. You know, taking over um, a business that my dad had built and had built to a nice level. Um, it's important, you know, just to maintain because it's the easiest thing to do is come in 
and you make a couple big mistakes, and you know, yeah, you, you take you take several steps backwards. So, but that didn't happen. That did not happen. Yeah, awesome. my first priority was to learn the operations, make sure everything ran smoothly. You know, not drive it into the ground. Yeah, let's just make sure I don't take this thing. Yeah, for the first year, that's that's the goal and yeah. a smart one. Yeah. Um, okay. So some other things related to business owner and you know, um, what would you say is your best quality, your best characteristic as the owner and operator of a business? I told you these are going to be tough questions. Yeah. Um, I need to think about those for a second. Um, I mean, I think my best quality um, is that I'm not uh, content with the status quo mm. and just the hunger, drive, effort, energy to go out and That's a good answer. always try something to you know pursue new business, whether that be a new marketing strategy, um, creating a new product. Um, just trying different things to grow the business. So yeah, a lot of us in you know the position of running a company have a similar personality type, and there are pros and cons to it. To be honest, like it's good for business. It's not always the best for personal. It makes it a little difficult to be content and kind of chill. But <laughs> who knows? Maybe that'll come with time. Yeah. Um, okay. Opposite side question. What's one thing about yourself that you would love to improve? Um, I would love to improve. Um, sometimes just documenting what I do better. Um, hmm. I do things and I have a big mess of papers on my desk and then I don't go back and take the extra time to file them properly or scan them and uh, just building more robust processes. I have a lot of things in my in my head but I need to do a better job of writing them down. Hmm. Um, so when I go repeat something, I you know it's baked in that I can't miss a step. It's interesting. How would you go about correcting that? Um, or haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, that's I mean, it's, that's a struggle for me. I think that I need to just make sure to tell myself, okay, before I move on to project B and C, you know, let's wrap up project A the appropriate way and just document um, what I did and, you know. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, uh, what's one of your main company goals for 2017? Uh, main company goals, um, twofold. One are to pick up uh, new accounts. Um, and so more retailers to more retailers, put yeah. their pro to put your products on their shelves. Yeah, got it. Um, and we did that last year. Um, I did my first uh, trade show, um, mm. which I hadn't done before, and we picked up. Uh, so we did the trade show last September, and it's funny that I'm here this week. We got uh, four new clients. Uh, we shipped one of them last week, and I got three POs this week of something back in September. So Purchase the, order. Yeah. That was yeah. a guess, and I, I, I nailed that. <laughs> See that? Because we don't have those yeah. in real estate. Um, so the 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 the, the um, there's opportunities and challenges and everything, right? So the, the the hard part when you're getting in is these large retailers can't afford to make a mistake. So the sales cycle is very long. They're mm -hmm. making a decision to purchase this once a year. So if you miss, you've got to wait another year to get your bite of the apple. Of course, the flip side is that inertia works in your favor. Once you get in, you know you're in for at least a year. And if your product sells, you know, if it doesn't languish on the shelf, it's, it's difficult to get kicked out. So, mm. um, so you know, we made sales, we made that initial contact in September, and we're just shipping orders now here in January. Okay. Um, so we have another one of those shows coming up in a couple weeks, so goal is to, you know, gain another four or five customers from that. Um, and then the, the second main goal I have is uh, I'm trying to acquire existing product lines from other companies. Uh, so I've retained a business uh, broker to conduct a search for me. Interesting. Yeah. What other kinds of products would you consider acquiring? Um, so I'm looking to stay in the same 
uh, area on the shelf when you deal with um, these larger drug stores and uh, grocery stores um, each category has its own so there's like a first aid category where these sit uh, the sleep aids actually fall under analgesics, painkillers, you know, the one thing with Tylenol and Advil. Okay. Uh, but then there's the ear and eye section, and there's, uh, you know, a vitamin section, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so for a lot of these organizations, the bigger they get, there's a different category manager hmm. for each section. So in some ways, you might as well be dealing with a different company because you're dealing with an entirely different person. Um, so I have to sell two different people to sell two different products. So I'm trying to acquire a company that's, uh, or a product line that's in a category that I already have to leverage existing relationships. Makes a lot of sense. Um, so that's, yeah, that's the goal. Awesome, um, okay. And as things grow in terms of, you know, the numbers and the products, like you probably have to grow in people. What would yeah. be your next hire? Um, I'm debating between hiring um, two different positions. One is just another person uh, to assist with day-to-day -day taking orders, processing it, entering them into the system, okay. uh, you know, processing the shipping paperwork, or um, a full-on operations manager who can focus more on uh, overseeing that the orders go out every day as well as ordering uh, the material, stocking the inventory, um, managing the relationships with those third-party suppliers um, so I don't have to do that and I can focus more of my time on the sales side of the business. Okay, that's where you'd fi you would like to yourself focus less on operations and more on sales and growth? Yes. Got it. Cool. Where, go ahead. You say the operations, you know, they can take you backwards mm. but they can't take you forward. The sales are what's going to take me forward. My operations, like you know, the key to the operations is, okay, you get the order, you fill the order, you fill it correctly, you fill it on time, mm -hmm. then that's that. Um, so you can't necessarily gain business that way. You can certainly lose business by shipping right. not full orders, shipping orders late, shipping orders with incorrect paperwork, uh, but the sales are what's really going to grow it. Yeah. I mean, you can't grow your top line via operations, but you can grow your bottom line. Yes. So, um, where do you see the company in, say, five years? Um, it's funny that you asked five years, because I've just um, started working uh, a couple months ago uh, with a uh, business development strategy firm, and we have monthly meetings, mm -hmm. and the first step is we're formulating a five-year plan. Start out uh, there and work backwards? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, so, okay, we can yeah. circle back on that. I mean, if you yeah. So I mean, the goals for the five-year plan. I mean, the, the the primary target goal is just a revenue goal. Um, okay. And then, no. Okay. Now we set the revenue target. How are we going to get from A to B? Yeah, I've definitely been through the same exercise in working with a business coach. So like setting up goals for a couple companies and working backwards to what do I need to do this month? Mm -hmm. um, which is really the best way to go about doing it. And oftentimes, like they say, you're going to end up getting to that five-year goal way, you know, way sooner than five years into the future. Yeah. Um, question for you that a lot, eh, we talk about it a lot, and it's become a topic amongst entrepreneurs because it's kind of a difficult thing to grasp, is what does retirement mean to you or look like to you? Yeah. Um, I think that's, I mean, there's obviously a lot of um, media out there uh, now, and I read up, it's not even the uh, retirement, it's the, you know, the FIRE, financial independence, retire early. Mm. Um, so I kind of read some blogs in that area, um, and it's just kind of, it's not even, 
met with my financial advisor recently, and he said, you know, it's not even about retirement, it's about financial independence. So uh, the goal is to reach a point where you say, if I don't want to work, I don't have to work, but I enjoy working so I can keep working, or, you know, you can yeah. make those decisions um, to do whatever you do. So um, certainly my goal is to get to a point where I just say, okay, you know. Uh, yeah, the finances are there. Yeah. The, and then the, I keep the doing business. Paid for, yeah, yeah. Uh, the kids' college is paid for. Um, we've got enough money if I, you know, continue the current lifestyle. I don't have to work another day. Uh, I don't picture myself saying when I reach that point, now I'm going to stop working um, right. because I enjoy it. It's uh, kind of what entrepreneurs do for fun. Right. right. We, we have to make ourselves not work and right. do other things. Right. Yeah. Um, no, that was a good answer. And that actually clarified a couple things. Like, saying the same stuff we've been talking about just in a in a different way so yeah. now that is definitely definitely helpful um so where can the audience find you your products website social anything that you might want to plug um yeah i don't uh so i guess social uh stinkill facebook.com slash stinkill uh facebook for fire out is facebook.com slash get fire out um so it's really more about um not promoting my company name, but promoting the brands themselves. Sure, sure. Is that target that we take. Um, so yeah, so we'd love to have people go and, and like our pages and follow you know the information. Obviously, um, part of the social is not to just sit there and beat people over the head with go buy our product, but you know we try and post relevant content sure. to the brand. Yeah, helpful stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, so if anyone has questions for Jim Cragen, please type them in here below and we'll keep it interactive. We'll make sure that we check in and respond to some stuff. And yeah, thanks for being with us. All right, thanks, great. Thanks for taking thanks the time. Thanks for having me. All right, have a good one.